The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to the Patricia Raskin Show, the program that helps you turn obstacles into opportunities, challenges into solutions, and find answers to tough questions. And now, the award-winning powerhouse voice of radio, here's your host, Patricia Raskin. Hello, everyone, and welcome. Welcome to the Patricia Raskin Show. In our first half hour, we are going to talk to Betty Ann Austin, and she is novelist of a memoir, and it's her journey through life, love, and recovery. The name of her book is Smell the Raindrops. This is a personal story about life, love, recovery, and hope. It's a story of an eternal friendship that crossed racial lines, an unbreakable bond that developed against the mores of the time. Bethany Ann, from a wealthy white family in Memphis that forged success with the automobile business, and Corrine, who came from a poor black neighborhood in Memphis. But they came together in a place that knows no boundaries, and they met in heart. And B.A. Austin, or Betty Ann Austin, is an independent art history, history lecturer with a Bachelor of Art degree from Bowdoin College and a Master's from University of Memphis. She uh, has created this memoir, style work, of fiction, but it's based on her own personal experiences, observations, and impressions. And this is really against the backdrop of civil rights, women's rights, and other much-needed movements that bring equality and dignity together in in a time that's needed more than ever now uh, to bring personal transformation to the forefront. Welcome, Betty Ann. Oh, thank you so much for having me. It's so so wonderful. (laughs) Thank you. Now, is it Bethany Ann or Betty Ann? Well, my name is Betty Ann, but uh, my character in the book is Bethany Ann. Oh, yes. Okay. Yes. All right. Yes. So, you know, it's it's very interesting as I was looking at this. It was interesting because you would think that today that these racial lines, you know, we wouldn't have the strong divides that we have. But we still mm-hmm. do, don't we? We, we do. don't. We don't. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we don't see them as much. I mean, the, the black person doesn't have to go into the back of the bus, right? That we don't have. But right. But the, but the energy is still there, and it, it's a beautiful story because we really have to talk about what humanity is and what people can give to us of all different backgrounds. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, it's that. That's how I came to write the story I um, I mean it just it, it, I had never thought of writing a book and then just in the middle of the night I got up and I thought you know I just want to write my story and I wanted to pay more than anything I wanted to pay homage to Corrine who is the black woman who who raised me um, from the time I was five until I went off to college. And she's the thread mm-hmm. through the book. She's my conscious. She's my spiritual guide. She's the one mm-hmm. that had always said, you can do it. You can do it. And it was always there mm-hmm. for me. Yes. Is she still here? Is she still with us? No. 
No, she's not. She passed. The last time I saw Corrine was in 1986. Uh, I went to. I was in Memphis, and I took my two my children there, my son and daughter, who were very small at the time, because I really wanted them to meet her. And she was elderly at that point, and she passed away soon after that. But her spirit never left me. Uh, she's always been been such an impact on my life. Yeah, so important. Um, you know, when, when you speak to that, if you saw the recent movie Moonlight, I mean, it's a different kind of movie. But I mean, we're, you know, really all looking at, um, we're looking at equality of spirit, right? I mean, I think that's right. where we all are. So amazing. You know, something that you that you write about is you coming from white privilege, if you will, and from mm-hmm. wealth in the South. And we can look at this in a couple of ways. I think my question to you, having lived it, and uh, how do you feel about the whole subject of wealth? And what I mean by that is that life seems to be much easier when you have that. You don't have to make a lot of the decisions that if we would say the middle class average person has to make. I mean, life seems to be easier. I'd like you to speak to that from your own heart and from the book's perspective. Oh, absolutely. Uh, yes, in certain ways, it, the coming having the financial security in your life does make life easier in certain ways, but it does not bar you, prevent you from a lot of uh, challenges in life. Sometimes it can be harder even when you have, and you see that even today. I don't want to, certainly not here to go into any sort of political issue or issues mm. of today, but it, wealthy people, the it can be a, a really hard struggle because often in life, if your name is known, if your family's known, and people look at you in that light and they don't look at you as who you really are. And mm-hmm. you mm-hmm. don't know who your friends really are, who loves you for who you are, mm-hmm. uh, and who. And you have to often live appearances, and that yeah. can be very yeah. difficult. And I grew up having to live appearances, having to mm-hmm. be a certain way, and it just was expected of me, and uh, and and throughout my life, and. And that can be di- that that can be difficult. So people who seem to think that uh, one, if you have financial security, you have no problems in life. That's absolutely not true. Mm-hmm. And um, I'm I'm certainly, and I know many many others who are examples of that. And I think with Corinne, Corinne, when she came into our life, and my my parents were so unusual for the, that time period in the early '60s in the South, you know, growing up in Memphis during the civil rights and so much segregation mm. and segregation on the bus. And I would, you know, and Corinth, they were, they had, they had, um, in a sense, blinders on. There, to them, there was no segregation. You know, we, mm-hmm. I grew up in a household with Corrine, with, a, with, El, with uh, TJ, who was, um, who worked for us and was our gardener and a chauffeur and it was there was no, not a difference they didn't teach us 
the the, the that uh, people were different because of color. So that I never lived mm-hmm. that way, and I'm so grateful to my parents for that. And um, they were also the same way with uh, the the whole the whole issue of homosexuality, which at that time was certainly kept in the closet. And you know, my parents' dearest friends were. And I grew up with them, and they were uncles to me. So I grew up in a household where there were no no segregation at all. And so I was very fortunate for that. And But having said that, um, Corrine being in my life just kept me, she's the one person I knew I could always go to who just absolutely believed in me and loved me unconditionally. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, yeah, yeah. I, I can really understand this. It also reminds me, if I, if you watch the, the story, you read the book with Anderson Cooper and his mother, Gloria Vanderbilt. Yes. She right. had a very interesting, uh, same kind of thing with someone who had really raised her and, mm-hmm. um, and she loved dearly. So, yeah, I, I think what I want to ask you, um, I know we're still going to have another half of the interview, but... Your your take on what is your message here? You know, what is your message to the upper middle class white person, the black person about friendship and love? What what's your takeaway? What do you want people to know in living a better life? I think for one, when it comes to race, I we need to take uh, off the uh, not to be blind and not and to accept. All of other others of color, others of their choice, you know, you know their gender choice, whatever. Uh, we need to also not judge, be so judgmental of people who, you know, people are very judgmental of wealthy people. They they love to be judgmental of wealthy people. You shouldn't be. And um, and I think that we, it, just like my title says, in smell of raindrops. You know, there's life. Who, regardless who you are, you're, you're going to be thrown a lot of difficulties, and mm-hmm. and life just isn't a, a long straight road for for majority of people. And for many people, um, you know, addiction is such a uh, that's a big part of my book, and self esteem. And there are so many people out there still struggling horribly with addiction issues, whether they're young, whether they're older, whether they're wealthy, whether they're poor, it doesn't matter. You know, addiction knows no boundaries. And And that's something you dealt with we haven't talked about yet. You spent 30 days at the Betty Ford Clinic and and the treatment worked for you. But again, let's talk about that's a whole other piece is, is the, you know, is recovering from alcoholism. Well, again, I addiction is rampant in my family. It, it's rampant from generations on both sides. So I was certainly had the genetic genetic uh, predisposition to it. Um, I, mine seemed to I came probably came from anxiety issues of just growing up and anxiety. I dealt with anxiety in different ways, and then by the time I was in my thirties, I believe I turned to. To alcohol, and uh, probably around 1990, when my mother passed away, and I went through a divorce. That one glass of wine at night turned into two, turned into three. Before you know it, it was a bottle. Before you know it, it was a two bottles at night, just so I could sleep, just so I wouldn't have a panic attack, just so I wouldn't have any anxiety. And I was so grateful when my my children, out of love, um, got went to my brothers, and they my family had an intervention, and I went over to Betty Ford, and I was so determined those 30 days to stay sober. I did everything they told me to do. And, 
and everything they told me to do once I got out. And and that's been almost 20 years, but not, Ooh. you know, one day at a time. It, it's You're never over it. It's always a It's just basically a disease you live with, you manage, you mm-hmm. learn how to deal with anxiety and all the things that life throws you, whatever it might be. Um, you learn how to deal with it and manage it in a different way and hopefully a really healthy way. And I, to this day, I like to get, you know, and that's be of service to those who are struggling and help them. And, and, and in fact, this, I think my, this smell the raindrops has reached out to people across the board, um, all people that, you know, you, there is help. There's nothing to be embarrassed mm-hmm. about, and you can get help for it. Yeah. And it's not easy. It's not an easy journey. It doesn't make life, you know, it doesn't change your, your life in that you don't face um, issues, but uh, you can certainly handle it in a much, much healthier mm-hmm. way. And so right. I'm, I'm so uh, grateful to my children. Yeah. I'm grateful to my well, family. And I'm, yeah. All right. Let's take a break, and when we come back, let's talk more about this particularly issue of self-image and self-esteem, and you know how how you dealt with that as well growing up. My guest is Betty Ann Austin. She's the author of the novel memoir "Smell the Raindrops: One Woman's Journey Through Life, Love, and Recovery." And uh, how can people get your book? The easiest way is, is through Amazon. Okay. Or Barnes & Noble, or you can go to my website, baaustin.com, as right. well. All right. You're listening to The Patricia Raskin Show right here on voiceamerica.com. We'll be back with Betty Ann Austin right after the break. Stay tuned. Streaming live. The leader in Internet talk radio. Voiceamerica.com. Have you found the beauty inside of you? Join Bonnie Bonadeo each week for Beauty Inside and Out. We'll explain how beauty plays a part in everybody's lives. Our guests are makeup artists, hairdressers, and doctors. But we'll also feature holistic and wellness specialists and spiritual advisors. You can find that beauty inside and express it to its fullest on the outside. Tune in to Beauty Inside and Out every Thursday at 2 p.m. Pacific Time, 5 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Where are you getting your advice on buying, selling, or maintaining your most important asset, your home? Is it from a reality show on cable TV, a comparison website, or are you just flying by the seat of your pants and gut instinct? Stop now before you make another move. Tune into Real Real Estate Today with host and realtor Deb Tomorrow. You can't afford to play guesswork when it comes to your new or existing home. Listen every Tuesday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, noon Pacific, on Voice America Variety. Want an insider's pass to everything that goes on in Hollywood? Join Summer Helene every week for Behind the Scenes. Summer Helene is known as the Duchess of Hollywood because she knows the insiders, legends, and celebs and brings the stories, the gossip, and the backstage scoop. It's the real Hollywood, though. So this program is for adults only. Behind the Scenes can be heard live every Friday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time and 7 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice of America Variety Channel. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. 
are listening to The Patricia Raskin Show. If you wish to call into our program today, please call 1-866-472-5788. That number again is 1-866-472-5788. You may also send an email to Patricia at PatriciaRaskin.com. Now, back to The Patricia Raskin Show. Hello, everyone, and we are back. And you are listening to The Patricia Raskin Show. My guest is Betty Ann Austin. Her book is Smell the Raindrops, One Young Woman's Journey to Life, Love, and Recovery Against the Backdrop of Civil and Women's Rights, a Beautiful Story of Personal Transformation Unfolds. The daughter of a successful businessman, his stylish wife, Bethany Ann grows up in Memphis, studies in Maine, and experiences a bittersweet mix of love, heartbreak, and triumph in California. Her number one guiding force at every stage is an enduring friendship, first in person and later in spirit, with her African-American nanny, Corrine, a nurturing woman of quiet strength who raised Bethany Ann as if she were her own daughter. This is a rewarding book and rewarding story and an immersive experience that brings history alive through a personal story, Smell the Raindrops. And so it's, it's really, it's an important book. Welcome back, Betty Ann. Thank you so much. It's such an yeah. honor to be here. Thank you. It's it's so interesting because when I when I look at this, it really is a story for today, just as well mm-hmm. it is, as it is for for any other time. Um, oh, let's talk about let's talk about low self esteem growing up. You, know, you talk about how you had disapproval from your mother and your grandmother, particularly when you gained weight coming back from college, mm-hmm. uh, mm-hmm. and you got you know some things about you won't be as pretty um, as your mom is from your dad. So I mean that can really raise havoc with self esteem. Talk about that and how you got through it. That is that is true. You know, growing up in the South, um, in the certainly in the the, the, the economic society societal um, bracket I was in, my family was in. Uh, you were expected to be a certain way. Uh, you know, your looks of being a Southern belle and dress the right way and have the, your looks. Your your weight, what whatever, and my mother certainly no fault of her own. She 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 was you know, she was absolutely beautiful and very stylish, and and but she wanted me to be that way, and she pretty much dressed me and controlled me until through high school. And mm-hmm. my father, so my mother expected me to have to look looked the part of the Southern Belle. My father, being uh, a very very intelligent man. Um, expected me to certainly excel academically, so I was getting it. You know, you get it from both ends, and and when I was younger, uh, I did struggle with my weight. As a, I think the doctors had me on a diet at age ten, and my father, mm. you know, I would be so upset about it, and my father uh, just would say make comments like, "You'll never be as pretty as your mother," and and I know mm. he never meant it in a mean way. It it just. I know he didn't, um, but it does impact a child, absolutely. And then so I grew I kind of went through years and years of having a real anxiety about, about my body, my, my body image. And then you go off to college and they have, you know, there's no, the 15 pound, uh, the freshman 15 they call it, which happens a lot to girls when they go off to college or mm. then at that time. And my mother... Yeah. You know, of course, was mortified and sent me off to a fat farm after my freshman year, a uh, spa, and um, so that that does play havoc on you. And I think I'm mm. one of those girls who, even though I was never physically anorexic or 
had bulimia, I certainly had the, the that yeah. mental yeah. state that I yeah. never looked in the mirror and saw what other people saw. Mm-hmm. So it yeah. is a struggle. And then I think that's one thing led to the other. And maybe I would mm-hmm. binge eat. Then I was obsessive with working out. And then from that went into the alcohol, really. Yeah. Yeah, I can really understand it. It's a, and it's he- it's heavy and it's painful. We have a Mark from Massachusetts who's calling into the show. Um, Mark, if you're on the air, we're happy to take your comment or question. Yes, uh, thank you for taking my call. Um, I have one of the fortunate ones that has read Betty Ann's book. It's an outstanding book. Uh, it's very, very, very well written, and anyone who uh, is interested in a great human story of uh, triumph. Um, Courage, inspiration, uh, really should buy the book. I'm interested in, in, in hearing your thoughts, frankly, uh, uh, about h- how it was to go into a family intervention and uh, basically, you, you know, you hear a lot of stories of where, where, where people fight that, uh, that type of thing, don't want to go, and they, and they don't really, uh, well, once they do go, they don't recover. You seem to have... Uh, accepted uh, the suggestion of your family, who was all there at the intervention, as your book states, and uh, you seem to co- uh, have come out of it after 30 days, uh, almost like a new person, or, or on your way to it, uh, being a new person. And I'm curious how you were able to do that. Uh, Great yeah, question. I look back. Go ahead. That is a really good question, and I look back on that, and it, I'm, I, I don't know. Sometimes <laughs> I'm wondering how did I do that, but I knew at the time in 1997 that I needed help. I knew it, and I didn't know how to ask. I was embarrassed to ask. I really didn't know what to do. And um, so my daughter, who was 16 at the time, was so concerned because I I was more of a closet drinker. So my children, my son and daughter, saw it at night and that others did not see. And she was real concerned and went to, as I said earlier, went to my brother's. And when I was called to come over to my brother's house uh, for a picnic, and I, when I walked into the house, I knew something was going on. And, you know, everybody was really quiet. I walk in and the whole family, uh, my brothers and sister-in-laws and my dad, actually my dad, he had not passed away at that point, and my children. And I... I, I I can't explain it. I wasn't angry. I wasn't ticked off. I was like, oh, my gosh, <laughs> this is amazing. I'm so grateful. I am just so grateful for this. And um, I I was so ready. And I when they said they had a place for me at the Betty Ford Center and I could leave that day and go, I said, okay. So I went back, packed mm-hmm. my bag, and and went over there. My One of my brothers drove me over, and um, I... I walked in there, and I was just determined, determined to stay sober and to get sober and mm-hmm. and to have that life. And and it is true. So many people. Yeah, so you were ready. That, yeah, you were ready. I was ready. I mean, it, if I you weren't ready, it would have been better. harder. Yeah. Yeah, I was ready at the time, and I and and I knew that. And uh, there are so many people who I met at at Betty Ford who were very bitter about their intervention. And, the, and if you go in and you have that attitude, you're not going to succeed in it. You're just not. You have to realize that you are powerless over alcohol or whatever your drug choice is. You're powerless over, and you have to give it over. Give it over to God and give it over and ask for help. It's, it's that simple. Yeah, thank you. Mark, thanks for the call. It was great. Well, thank great you very much, and, uh, and good luck with the book. It's absolutely great. Thank mm-hmm. you. Yeah. 
So what lies ahead for you now? You know, you shared your, your journey with the public. Um, mm-hmm. What's next for you? What's next? Well, I, uh, this has been such a great journey just with this book and having radio interviews and knowing that I've um, impacted people. Uh, is, I'm very grateful for that and very humbled by that. Um, you know, now I'm, um, you know, I have three grandchildren that I just absolutely adore and I embrace that I, I'm able to spend a lot of time with. I'm working on another book actually, but it's, it's, it's an art book. It's based on, um, my journey in the art history world. And so it's very different from this one. And so I am working on that and I'm, um, I'm teaching university students uh, art history, and that is, uh, and I, and then also what I'm doing uh, or will be doing is um, working at not working but volunteering at the Betty Ford uh, Outpatient Center that's just been built here near my home here in San Diego, uh, and I'm I went actually went to a volunteer meeting last weekend uh, for those who wanted to help out, and I thought you know. I, I want to be a service. I want to be there for patients who've been, who, who are just trying, who are just starting their recovery, and I want to help them. So I want to be a service. I really do. And, and that's the best way, I think, for me to be a service, to give mm-hmm. my time um, outside of what I do professionally. What, what advice would you have for people who are struggling with addiction? Um, you know, let's just start there. What would, what would be your advice? And particularly alcohol addiction. Uh, for me, since that alcohol was mine, one number one, there is help out there. There is help, and uh, you can get it. And number two, do not be embarrassed. Do not ever be embarrassed to ask for help because it is it's it's a disease. It knows no boundaries. Anyone can be an alcoholic. I don't care who you are, and. Uh, so try to allow yourself to to and humble yourself and say, I need help to somebody. Because there's pe- so many people out there that are there to help you and so many rehabs that are there to help you and so many AA meetings that are there to help you. And you find that people who are in recovery are the, are the kindest people and they mm. want to help others. They yeah, want to wonderful. be there for you. So yeah. the, the big thing is don't be embarrassed because it's such a, it's a you know, people get, are getting embarrassed having this addiction issue and it's nothing to be embarrassed about at all. Well, thank you, Betty. And how can people find your book? Tell us that again. Uh, they can go on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, online. They could go to my website, which is baaustin.com. Those are the th- three easiest ways, I would say, All to, right. to find All right. it. It's really been a pleasure to have you on the program. I really well, appreciate it. It's been it. a pleasure for me. Thank you so mm-hmm. much. Thank you. Stay on the line for a minute. All right. My guest has been Betty Ann Austin, and her book is Smell the Raindrops. And it's a novel, but it's a memoir. And it's one young woman's journey through life, love, and recovery. And it's against the backdrop of civil and women's rights. And it's a beautiful story of personal transformation. So take a look at this again, Smell the Raindrops. And it's one woman's journey, one young woman's journey through life and through love and recovery. So it it talks about uh, racial equity. It talks about recovery. It talks about class structure, all from the, you know, from the perspective of a young woman growing up in the South. And uh, it's, it's really, it's a beautiful story. So take a look at that. 
And again, uh, Betty Ann, thanks a lot for being on the program. It was really great. Thank you so much for having me. I'm just truly honored. All right. Uh, Just, again, stay tuned for a minute. Folks, we'll be right back with our second interview right here on voiceamerica.com. This is the Patricia Raskin Show. We'll be right back. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com. You count. Tune into Interrevolutionary Radio and join the spontaneous wave of people all over the planet who, like you, are changing our world from the inside out. Follow the movement. Meet guests who are shaking things up. Call in and gain insights and courage to empower your own voice. Large or small, your part counts. So join us. Co-hosted by Beth Green and James Maynard, Interrevolutionary Radio airs live every Thursday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern, on the Voice America Variety Channel. Are you finding your frequency? It can be described as that space between failure and success. It's the future of digital media. It's finding your voice. It's engaging topics, content, and ideas. Jeff and Ryan discuss the digital media space and all of its aspects. It's about making the mistakes, taking the chances, summoning the intestinal fortitude to step out of your comfort zone, and discovering what you can accomplish when you decide to try, decide to learn, decide that you have something to say, and find your frequency. Why? Fridays at 2 p.m. Pacific Time, 5 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. What makes a great leader? Most have a vision, one that starts beyond the resources available and continues from that point into developing a solid plan, organization, and company. Leadership issues are discussed each week on VoltCast, illuminating leadership with host Jeff Smith. Jeff has years of experience as a leader and executive coach, and his guests will bring you information that can help a team of any size. Listen every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, 10 a.m. Pacific on Voice America Variety. Are you trying to discover how to thrive in business and follow your purpose? Tune in to Entrepreneur Enlightenment with host Irina Benedict. You will learn how to combine practical business strategies with spirituality so you can grow your business with ease. If you've been searching for purpose, for freedom, for fulfillment, tune in to get your questions answered. Listen live every Wednesday at 11 a.m. Eastern Time and 8 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. 